um, lived, that he died, that he'd risen again. And, um, and I became convinced that it was true, that I was a rebel before the Almighty. And I, <clears throat> I did want to have a personal relationship with God and uh, a, a relationship where I knew him, where I trusted him, where I honored him, where I served him. And so I actually turned to Christ um, in quite a, well, for me, a definitive moment on Australia Day in 1986. Um, and then I had to work out, well, how does my new position with God differ from the religion that I that I grew up with um, and that was quite a few months of sorting through um, sorting through those issues and actually think that I didn't have a relationship with God when I was growing up but I was just going through the religious things and was there a big change in your life after that uh, commitment to Christ yeah I mean massive change um, it was uneven at first um, perhaps because of um, uh, radio station shift work um, and so, um, as you'd know, working in the radio station, you work crazy hours. Yeah. And it's it's hard to be part of normal community. And in fact, most churches aren't geared up to deal with shift workers. Um, and so I was working, um, I think I was reading the news Saturday and Sunday mornings from 4am to midday, and then uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights from 4pm to midnight. And I wasn't sure enough about I had to go to bed really early on Friday night to get up on Saturday morning that meant Thursday night was the only night of the week when I could actually do anything with people um, and I wasn't I wasn't really Christian enough to know that I should be in a small group on a Thursday night and I'd get to church on a Sunday night and I'd been up since three o'clock in the morning and therefore I didn't go out to coffee with friends after church on a Sunday night and so I really spent quite some time kind of on the edge of Christian fellowship rather than growing in Christian fellowship. Um, and it wasn't until I got a job at um, TWS or WSFM and I started reading the afternoon news there that I actually was able to be stable in church and stable in um, uh, community group on a Bible study group on a Wednesday night and start to do a leadership course and, and really I suppose you'd say blossomed as a as a Christian, and so one of my hearts continues to be for shift workers um, and trying to go above and beyond in caring for them and meeting them outside of the the routine times. Um, uh, and, I, and I suppose I mean that for, for for shift workers in the media, but also shift workers in the hospital system and in the police and those kind of organisations. Now let's jump forward a little bit. So uh, you ended up uh, studying at Moore Theological College, uh, was ordained as an Anglican minister and uh, you're senior minister of Village Church in Annandale, New South Wales and uh, it's a great church. I've looked at some of the clips online. It looks like a great welcoming church. And uh, you're the author and presenter of a course called Introducing God, which is used as a tool by many Sydney Anglicans for evangelism and it's got a similar feel to it as the Alpha course, but its contents a little more modelled on something uh, a tract called Two Ways to Live" by Matthias Media. Tell us a bit about this course. Yeah, well, and it's not just um, uh, Sydney Anglicans who use um, introducing God. Um, I think over the years, about two and a half thousand Australian churches have used the course. Um, Wonderful. And so, um, from all different um, denominations, but um, uh, what I worked out was. Uh, I suppose 10 years ago or so ago, that Alpha were doing something profoundly right in terms of the sociology, um, that the journey to Jesus, that people, 
needed to make um, was actually not just going to happen in a 25-minute um, thing. It was, it was really going to take weeks and months for people to consider the claims of Christ. And, um, and they needed to be given a chance to push back, to disagree, to, um, to wrestle through issues, and to talk in the safety of a community where, where no idea was off-limit, where, um, where, um, where you could um, discuss freely, where you could um, uh, criticise, you could um, engage, you could think, um, uh, debate, consider, all those kind of things. But when I looked at, um, at Alpha, I found that it was pitched much closer to Christianity than the people that I was talking to and cared about, who were particularly media workers in Sydney, um, were. And so um, I wanted to write a course that would actually start with somebody who was much, much further, uh, further away. Okay. Um, and so um, when we wrote Introducing God... Our aim was to, to, to reach the person, to pitch it at the person who really wasn't even sure that God existed and to start gently to move them on a journey over, over six or seven weeks. And so, I mean, that was a, a key thing. But also, when you ask me, what is the gospel that I want to present? Um, it, it's a gospel that starts with God as the creator. It's a gospel that involves recognizing that you and I, Matt, you and I, both of us, we've rebelled against God, we've gone our own way, we've done our own thing. It's a gospel that involves us recognizing that actually because he's the creator and because we're rebels, therefore we deserve to be judged. Mm. We, we don't deserve relationship with him, but in God's enormous, phenomenal generosity, he's forgiven us and he's accepted us, but he's done it in justice because of the death of his son on our behalf. And then Jesus rose from the dead as the ruler, the Lord, the king. And so I'm faced with a choice of either continuing to live my way or trusting him, recognizing him uh, as my personal Lord and Savior. And that was the gospel that I wanted to preach. Um, and the, uh, the gospel outlined two ways to live just does that spectacularly. And so what we attempted to do with introducing God was to set two ways to live that course to relationship or to set it to music, the music of relationship. And, uh, and that, that's what we came up with, with with introducing God. Okay, so if people want to use this as a tool to reach out to people, uh, is it like a DVD series? Do they, do they... Well, it is a DVD series. Yep. Um, you can go to introducinggod.org and check it out. Um, I mean, and that would probably be the first thing to do. Um, uh, but, but really, people have used it in large group settings of 40 or 50 people, but... Lots and lots of people have run it um, uh, in in a small group like there. So, in fact, the, the first course that I ran, um, the little group of eight of us that were meeting um, in our lounge room, uh, we we talked about what to do, and uh, they said they wanted to run a course, and I said, well, what type of course? And they said, well, it'd have to have red wine and pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, we, the, between the eight, eight of them, they invited eleven friends. And, and that's actually what we try to do. We try to have the number of guests outnumber the number of hosts. And over the next eight weeks, we had the joy of seeing 10 of those 11 come to Christ. And from that group, um, we thought, oh, well, that, that actually, I realized at the time, this is more exciting and showing more dividends than anything else that I'm doing in Christian ministry at the moment. And so I wanted to try and replicate that experience for for ourselves and for other people 
that um and so that's why we wrote um introducing god but then the third way people are using it is uh just in one-on-one and um and there are relationships that all of us are in where it's not appropriate for us to set ourselves up as the tutor or the um the teacher but we can sit beside a friend and watch a video and then chat about it afterwards and um and i've been really excited about um I mean, I mean, a grandson watching Introducing God with his grandmother and yeah. her coming to Christ and um, him taking her along to church on Christmas Day for the first time. A wife who came to one of our courses, um, she watched Introducing God with her husband at home and uh, he came to Christ. Do you know, there's been there's been um, a brother watching it with a sister, you know, um, uh, but they, they wouldn't feel comfortable um, being the tutor but they can watch a video with a friend. And, mate, just before we go to, you run this group called Christians in the Media. Uh, just give us a, a, a bit of a snapshot. What, what do you guys do when you get together? Sure. Well, Christians in the Media grew out of um, the fact that um, when I was a young Christian in the media, it, it felt like in the church they threw bricks at the media, and um, in the media they threw bricks at the church. <laughs> so th- those of us who were Christian in the media just felt like we were in no man's land you know we weren't particularly we'd we'd go to church and we'd find ourselves having to defend our media organizations and then we'd go to the go to work and we'd find ourselves having to defend our church and it just felt like we were lost and so we thought wouldn't it be good if we could just try and help each other to stay christian and so we just get together we don't do anything particularly spectacular we read the bible we talk we pray but just the fact that we are there <laughs> helps us to stay Christian, helps us to... Um, and, and actually, there are some moral and ethical issues that we have that we sometimes find it difficult to ask our Christian friends about because they just know so little about the background of the, the issues we're facing in the various organisations. Um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you one example. I remember... I. What I try to do with the Christians in the media is I hardly ever talk to them about editorial decisions um, because I, what I'd rather do is teach the Bible, see them grow in Christ, and then them go off and make wise decisions. Yeah. But I, but I remember there was one dreadful front page um, that was sexually explicit, I thought, and I thought, oh, I know the designer. I've got to talk to him about it. Um and so I raised the issue with the designer of the uh, newspaper um, how, um, how appalling I thought the uh, front page that day was. And he said to me, Dominic, you've got no idea how bad the photograph was that they wanted to publish. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and, and, and that it was that photo was an enormous win for Jesus, for me, for the gospel, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I had to take a personal stand to get that photo, not the one that they wanted. You know? Wow. Um, and and so it just helps people to, to both personally take a stand and also to have somebody who is Christian, who is a friend, who will get alongside them and encourage them when they're, they're out witnessing for Jesus in Babylon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, it sounds like a great ministry and uh, uh, really excited to hear what you're doing with Village Church and introducing God and Christians in the media. You're a busy man and uh, I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. 
there you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.